Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How you doing tonight, Catherine? Great. How are you? Really good. It's episode 111. 111. 111, a long finish. Are you into numbers? My sister, Lindsay, shout out, a fan of the show and listener of the show, is a big numerologist. Mm. Cares about numbers. Have no idea what 111 means to anyone, but seems like it could be important. I feel like repetition's got to be an important thing. But like you don't get into numbers? I mean, do you care about, you're you're born on 429. Do any of those numbers mean anything to you? It means it's my birthday. That's all it means to me. I know you're passionate about your birthday. I do like my birthday, but if my birthday was 322, I'd be excited about 322. It doesn't really matter the numbers. I always like the number eight because it looks cool, but it doesn't have any meaning to me. Anywho, let's drink some wine. Well, numbers matter in this case because we've had 110 bottles of wine. uh, On air, I mean. On air. Yeah. Yeah, more probably off air. Well, more definitely off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is bottle one, one, one. And what are we drinking tonight? This is the Glassmaker Sauvignon Blanc from Mendocino, California, vintage 2022. A delicious skin contact Sauvignon Blanc. It's golden and cloudy in the glass. It's golden and cloudy in the bottle. There's a bunch of little floaties at the bottom. This is definitely an unfiltered wine and it is pure deliciousness. Orange wine is the hottest thing right now and I highly recommend this version from California. Also, Sauvignon Blanc is always the hottest thing. So you get a twofer here. Not to contradict yourself, but our the title of our episode last week is What's Hot? Chillable Reds. Are you saying oh. that <laughs> orange <laughs> wines are hotter now? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Hot on hot. It's hot on hot on hot out here in August of America. (laughs) Wet hot American summer. But that's interesting. So you're saying that... that, Because I I fought for a rosé for this week. We're going to do that in the weeks to come. But you're saying chillable reds and skin contact whites... Are, are it right now. They're it's just it. it. I mean, they're Rose, the Barbie and they're the Oppenheimer of the wine world at the moment. Yo, yes, I would say. I mean, Rosé is up in there too, which we're going to have next week. But like I'm doing the ordering right now for several restaurants and everybody is crushing the chillable red, like we said last week. And always the orange wine is moving. And yeah, the Rosé was like so dead in the water. And then Two or three weeks ago, it just started flying. So I would say those three. I mean, this is popular because this is probably one of the, I mean, of the last 10, 15 episodes, we've had a few skin contact wines. And it's always interesting to learn about these wines because there's different ways of doing it. Right. Um, But we've also, I mean, Sauvignon Blanc, you and I don't drink a lot of Sauvignon Blanc, but on the podcast, we keep finding that we keep coming back to Sauvignon Blanc a lot of times because people want to do something interesting with it. Yeah, it's such a popular grape variety. And it does have some color on the skins and it has some kind of like, it's got that really attractive citrus on the nose. And this, the nose on this wine is just explodes out of the glass. It's so aromatic. It's citrus almost into tropical. You get that lemon pith, but it almost feels, you know, like there should be an umbrella in this drink. Yeah, you made the comparison that this is a a wine slash 
tiki beverage. I thought if I was in the mood for a tiki beverage, but I wanted a natural wine, I would choose this. It feels, it's so flavorful. That is a high praise compliment. Right? I mean, do you disagree? No, I, I agree. What's interesting is, you know me, a lot of times I get an aromatic wine and I'm not the biggest fan. Well, but This wine's delicious. I'm really enjoying this wine. I also think that's because you don't really like floral elements, and this does not have that. I mean, there's a little bit of maybe mineral or grassiness or something, but not a lot. It's way more about the fruit. Excited to get into this wine a little bit more. You and I have had a busy week. Let's get into that for a moment. We are off to vacation very soon. Looking forward to that. So we're running around, you and me, trying to make sure that we... Dot our I's, cross our T's. I'm terrified. Yeah. It's scary times. I'm really scared of this flight coming up. We've talked about it on the podcast before. It's happening. It's here. The flight is coming up in just a couple days. five hours and what? How many minutes? Um, 48 minutes or something like that. It's longer going east to west. This is probably four and a half or five hour flight. I'll tell you. I mean, what I learned last year was we got to have a bag of suckers. We got to have some candy. A lot of chips, and beyond that, I don't. I've, I have no idea. To me, I think the seven-year-old's going to be fine. Yeah. The four-year-old will probably be fine. We're still navigating this two-year-old who just is does what he wants. He's a terror. He's going to walk around. Doesn't like to wear shoes. He's going to be jumping, pulling on something. I'm I'm nervous. It's a traumatic trip. We'll do our best. The week's been kind of crazy. We did have a uh, we went to the pop up that we talked about last week, which was so much fun. The whole family went to Esther's, and by the time you've heard this, we uh, have well, we will have celebrated eight years of Esther's Can being you open. Believe that? Happy eight year anniversary to Esther's. First thought: I'm not at, prepared this question for you, Catherine. What's a memory that you have about putting Esther's together? What's the first thing that pops in your head? Well, I just think of finding that big chandelier when we were shopping for building the place and finding that at Big Daddy's in Culver City, being like, oh, that's a showpiece. I think about the bar and finding, you know, putting that together and the details on the bar. And I think about, you know, making the list for the shelves, making that wine list. I made the initial list. We brought in the wine and it was like, oh my gosh, this only covers two-thirds of these shelves. <laughs> I'm going to need more wine. Yeah. And being like, excuse me, we're going to have to like bring in a lot more. Because there's a lot of wine and they needed to be full. Nothing worse than going to a wine shop where it looks like, you know, they can't stock the shelves. So I, I really remember that, that moment. And having all the staff just helping get those wines up. It was a that was just, it was a big lift. It was a lot of work. Those first few days were a lot of fun. I mean, the, the opening staff, the opening team was very gung-ho, very positive, cool group. Those were really very optimistic days. I mean, it's funny, for any restaurant that's still alive in 2023 for the last eight years has gone through so much. Oh, my god! Having gone through a pandemic, mm-hmm. having to go through government loans to survive, having yeah. to figure out how to pivot. I mean... Those days seem idyllic. I mean, that feels like the 1950s, like we're watching Leave it to Beaver. It's like, let's have a great time. Everyone can be together. <laughs> I know. You know there's p- plenty of tourism. I mean, wh- it's unbelievable to think about what we've got But there's so many details in opening a restaurant, starting a business, any of it. But for me, my head was just swimming in so many things. And I do remember the like little moments of 
of that time being special. And I also just remember being like so overwhelmed. I mean, I don't think I ate anything for like two or three months. You know, <laughs> this was like running on steam. There's a great picture that I took of you where we went and spent one night away together. This was pre us having any kids. We just went out to the. It was a hotel in Pasadena. Yeah, I think. what's the name of the hotel? It's a really nice hotel in Pasadena. I can't think of it. Anyway, there's a picture of you. We'll we'll post this on Instagram of you like uh, us trying to hang out and you're you're dressed nicely, but you're sitting there working on the computer, grinding Wearing away. Wearing a dress yeah. and working on my computer. Yeah, Excuse glass me. Glass of wine there with you. <laughs> That's what it was. It was just going all the time. I remember we had like beer tastings at our apartment with our our neighbors, just trying beers. That was a, a very fun time, and then quickly became very real once we opened. But um, going there last night was it was a fun. It was a reminder of like wow. This thing is ex- exists and people come here, you know, and, and celebrate their life uh, at Esther's. It's 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 a fun fun thing to have experienced and to experience with you. So, happy eight year anniversary! Happy eight years! To, Cheers to us and to Esther's. Other news on the home front: just been picketing. WGA SAG went three times this week. Took my we had I, we had dreams of of our four year old joining our seven year old in a camp together this week the seven-year-old has been to this camp before our four-year-old is very particular sort of meh on sports and uh he got there for about five minutes and was like i want no part of this i mean there's pictures of him holding the walls so tightly like please do not make me do any of this plus there's a lot of big kids there wasn't a lot of four-year-olds to be there so he was he was overwhelmed and the seven-year-old was trying to be a good big brother but basically was like get him out of here please please get him out of here so i can have fun so I end up watching him most of the week, you and me, and so that's it. But it's funny when we every day we pick him up from pick the seven year old up. Four year old goes, "Well, I I think I'd like to go there again." I'm like, "Hmm, okay, well, we'll try again. We'll find something for him." But you know, it's interesting. I I went to the picket lines three times this week, and I said this on my Instagram at Tug Coker. Is everyone like just have a nanny and a babysitter ready to go? Like, how are people navigating? these pickets maybe they're not going i guess which is totally fine i'm not no, not judging at all but i'm i'm sure there's some people that probably have their children with them i just ha- haven't seen a, a lot of them and i think they're just doing a better job of having babysitters on the rolodex or nannies and so um excited for school to come back this uh i know so I can have you know more, it's more been life. a fun summer and also like totally and utterly chaotic i mean if you could see this place right now we got a chair full of socks we have toys that we foot scooted out of the way to make space for the equipment here there is a puppet theater over in the corner that i made with the kids this week one of our favorite shows is tiny chef and we made a little puppet theater like that we've had a lot of fun it's just absolutely nuts it's been a lot of fun ready for it to end that's all I can say. Um, yeah, I've been drinking so much Gatorade at these uh, picket lines because I just, you know, seduce my kids to come and have s- treats there, and there are a lot of treats. I have to jump on the scale after these uh, after August and just make sure I'm after gone August twenty third. It's all good. Speaking of all good, let's get back to this wine. This wine's delicious. It I've been is. I'm enjoying it on this Friday night when we're taping. It's a date night for you and me, so let's remind everyone what we're drinking. Let's talk a little bit about this one. So this is the Glassmaker Sauvignon Blanc from Mendocino, California, vintage 2022. So this is skin contact Sauvignon Blanc. 
and it's seven days on the skins, and then it's six months in old barrels. And on the bottle, it says, tastes like tangerine lasers. I like that. I also get that lemon pith and something floral, but not like we were talking about, not the floral that is too much for you, you know? It's like, I don't know, slightly grassy or maybe like a rose tea or something more almost more a little more tea like and there's a tropical element to it too maybe a little passion fruit guava but the palette is you can feel the texture of it you know it's not filtered it's a like not completely smooth on your tongue feel the tannin in there but then there's great acid on the back of your tongue and it sits there so pleasantly it's great without food right now but it's great with food too. So I just discovered this wine like two weeks ago. I tasted it with my rep for Roni Selects, JT, and Randall, the Summit Esters, we were, and I were both like, wow, that is solid. So good. Really well priced. And from this young winemaker just up in Forestville, California, which is in Sonoma County, but he is, his name is Jonathan Walton. And he started this in 2015. Glassmaker is his mom's last name. And he is clearly close with his family because he had a lot of pictures of both of his parents on his website and his Instagram. And he's helped out by his girlfriend. His girlfriend, Emily, helps him with the labels. She does some foot stomping and she helps him a little bit with the farming. But he is sourcing grapes throughout California with a focus on organic and biodynamic and living soils, which we love. But he had this great quote about why he loves making wine that really hit me. He said, it's something about loving hard work and getting dirty, then cleaning up and pretending to be fancy. Something about participating in a community of food and wine and friends and strangers that I love and admire. And I love that. Like this is about growing grapes and getting in the dirt and a very, very messy thing. And then look at us here all fancy drinking wine in a nice glass. I love that. What a great thought. Um, It's such a cool way to think about wine. That's a really cool way to think about wine. That's very cool. Cool last name to the mom too. Glassmaker? Pretty solid. Yeah. And it's an ode to his family because his family did have history in farming, but it was more about grains and other stuff, not not exactly wine. But he fell in love with wine because he grew up in Salinas, California, and went with his parents to tasting rooms and remembers eating crackers off the floor and just sort of being exposed to it, then traveled all over the world and really just kind of fell in love with the idea of making wine and wanted to come back to California and make something that was truly California and very, very much natural wine. And like I said, he's able to farm some of the vineyards himself. This particular wine comes from a tiny one-acre site in Bennett Valley, which is just next to Santa Rosa, next to the Russian River Valley. And 80% of it is from Hillside Vineyard, which is dry farmed, and 20% is from Burnett Vineyard, which is organic. Again, native yeast fermentation, neutral barrels, no fining, no filtering, and very minimal sulfur. He's obsessed with that. 
reading his website oh my gosh it's just like it's like sort of reading a wine text sheet and a poem at the same time (laughs) he's really obsessed with where wine has a place in culture and the world which is you know like we have said on this podcast many times, there are conversations that happen over wine that don't happen of, uh, uh, with other things. But also, it's science, which is part of connected to this giant universe and makes everything tick. And that's really neat that you can drink that. What an interesting guy. And what a just delicious, drinkable glass of orange wine. Do you know what other wines he's making? Now, he also makes... Zinfandel, uh, Skin Contact Grenache Blanc, another Zinfandel, just general North Coast orange wine, a North Coast red blend, a Cab Grenache, and then a Marsan he had made in the past, but I don't see that on this list here. They're all really beautiful in color and lots, again, lots of focus on the farm and where it comes from, which is right up your alley. You know it. I like the bottle. Can you show the bottle to me? And we'll post this on Instagram too. I know his girlfriend is helping with the wine labels. Yeah. Great job. Nice and clean look. And the bottle, it, the label doesn't take up a ton of space, uh, which allows to show the wine clean and clear. And uh, the color is so pretty. It really just shows off the quality of the wine. So many natural winemakers in California are demanding the clear glass so that people really can see the color and what's happening without the filtration. Now, sometimes it sells the wine. It we talked about this. We it talked really about this with, with the can. You know, that, that's the one thing that's interesting about the can is that you don't see that. But like you, the the quality of the glass, I think, is important too. Because if your wine has a beautiful color, like that's a, that's the, probably the biggest selling point that you have. I mean, a cool label is great, but like the color of the wine feels like it trumps a cool label to me. Every single time we I taste a wine that isn't in a clear label that ends up in your glass that's gorgeous. I mean, I'm looking at that clear bottle, you mean? Clear bottle yeah. that that's, you know, this pet nat that we had the other night. It's like in this dark green bottle and yes, that's protecting from the sun, but you open it up and you're like, "Oh gosh, if everyone could see this, this would just fly." It's It's a fair it's a fair statement you're saying though. They're, they're trying to protect the wine, which makes a lot of sense. It's just a, it's sort of like a it's a nice little debate, actually, about wine. It's like, do I go clear and sell the wine, show off its strengths, or I do I do more to protect it? That's an, I didn't thought about it like that. So well, it also depends on the price point that you're working with. You know, if you're, I think, if you're making a red Pinot Noir from Burgundy, go ahead and use that dark glass. You know, you don't need to use the clear glass. If you're making a fresh cheerful wine from california that's not crazy expensive use the clear glass and always rosé please 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 rosé should be drunk now like we don't need any (laughs) any colored bottles for rosé i'm glad you brought up price point because i want to ask you about the price of orange wines right now do you notice that with the popularity of orange wines that prices are increasing is it harder to produce orange wines where, where is orange wines or you see them on this sort of affordability scale? Uh, it's kind of medium. I think that really great fine wines that are orange wines are going to be more expensive. A lot of those are from, you know, northern Italy and have a lot of history behind them. But because the category is so popular now, we are seeing more of a range and there are more affordable orange wines. 
That being said, I can't get one on happy hour. Like it's just not it's just yeah. not gonna go down, down to that price. What do we think about as a food pairing for this one? I'm thinking something with well, we opened it at dinner and it was great with that chicken tikka masala. Really good. Homemade, by the way. Yes. Nice job, Captain. Thank you, Maura Malloy, for Your that recipe. Seven year old could not get enough of it. He you you it. should be a chef, Mom. I know. I was like I'll remember that one. Just most of the time, I, uh, most of the time the I want to wring your neck, but tonight, I tonight know. I love you. Most of the time, it's like, ugh, <laughs> what is that? I'm not eating it. And tonight was good. Save that one for the books. I was also thinking that the new dish at Esther's, that's the clams with the salsa verde and white beans. Something with a lot of garlic would be so good with this. Green garlic. Anything with a like roasted or gri- something grilled would be great too. Great with the summer veggies. Grilled asparagus would be so good. All sounds delicious to me. Where can we tell our listeners to go find this wine or find that affordable orange wine Sauvignon Blanc in their neighborhood? Orange wine Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, First of all, where are we finding this? I mean, it's going to be in a natural wine shop. And it's probably just going to be in California or in New York, Chicago, big city, because it's really small. I mean, I just just discovered just this about recently. It. Yeah, tweets yeah. But I know that Jenny and Francois brings this to New York, so there should be some there. You're banging the drum for Jenny and Francois recently. I know. I guess that was last week, too. But mm-hmm. I, did, I would say at any time that there's a wine that she brings... Her website is so well put together. I, a shout out to lo- all the importers that take the time to make a proper website because hearing, knowing the details about the wine, seeing the photos, I mean, it's just incredible. This, this kind of access of information did not exist 13 years ago when I got into wine. Like it was so hard to find information online about wines. You were looking at Wine Spectator or maybe some of the California wineries had websites and stuff, but it wasn't the extensive material that exists now. And it's, I I just encourage everyone that like works for us always to know, gosh, the information is at your fingertips. You can learn about a wine so quickly, especially if it's from the importer, you know, that's, the correct information. We'll give people some correct information on where they can find an affordable orange wine or how, how to go about doing it. I mean, just go to a natural wine shop. That's the best way. And I that isn't some big conventional shop. It's a small shop in your town. Even if it's not a natural shop, it's going to be a small shop. It's going to be something curated. You know, we did pop into that Total Wine the other day. And they have a lot of selections, but I would be overwhelmed there. Although they did have orange wine. I yeah. mean, they do have it. We're going to talk about this experience. We're going to go to one in Virginia and well and talk about the total wine experience for everybody here in the coming weeks. So we'll stay tuned save for that. that. Uh, I will say, though, I don't think they have orange wine at Target. I looked the other day. I, <laughs> I didn't see it. I'll keep tabs on that. Someday we may see it, I'm sure especially soon. in the Target in Culver City. One last thing about this wine. Guess what the alcohol is? Twelve. 11. Nice. So fresh. Love yeah. that. Thank you, Jonathan. This wine's delicious. Be sure to go to our Instagram, take a look at the wine, go to your local natural wine spot, find it, or reach out to us at Esther's or the Long Finish and figure out how we can get it to you. All right, let's get to the last portion of this evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. 
This is an interesting one because the week's been kind of chaotic, but I'm going to go with local government. Huh? Yeah. Most people are like, what? How is that inspiring? Let me tell you more. More than just local government, I'm talking about we live in a townhome with a townhouse governance known as the board. What's it called? An HOA. An HOA, correct. There's a few members of people. uh, I think there's five members of the board. They help govern the place when needed. There's been some stuff that's come up, and I went to the meeting. I was the only non-board member to go. And that's not always the case. Not always the case. Yeah. But I had written a letter because there's a letter written. I guess there was a letter written by the board saying there's been some complaints about noises or whatever. I, I was assuming it's about kids. So I went out to defend children living in the complex and families with young children. And we got into a conversation. And, uh, you know, and, and one, uh, one of the board members, frankly, told me that they were displeased with some of the, the things I cited in my letter. And I said, thank you for telling me. You know, I, I don't run from confrontation, as Catherine knows. I welcome healthy conversation. And it was. I mean, it was, a, it was two people who probably don't agree on some things having a conversation about it. And I really was inspired. I came away energized by it because I was like, you know, we could probably, and we might not acknowledge each other in this townhouse complex. I wouldn't do that. But I think we had a conversation. We talked about it. We understood that we come from different places. And, and I, I found myself being inspired by that. I was like, wow, it's easier t- as neighbors to just have conversations about it than to yell or avoid. So I find I found myself being really excited by that little exchange. They may not feel that way, <laughs> but I was. So Well, I saw that person today and I said hello. I said hello there. And did they say hello back? There was a big smile and a wave. See, here we go. Yep. And I will say... I, I, I and made, I had the three kids with me. I made a joke in front of the board and they all laughed at it. And I really appreciated that. Cause well, I know anyone's way to your heart is laughing at your joke. Correct. That's correct. Like, look, I know you. <laughs> so anyway, fun inspiration. Not what I was expecting this week, but um, I'll keep you posted if we actually uh, get some of the things that I proposed through on this HOA board. Catherine, what do you have? Well, I may have mentioned once before that, or multiple times, that my brother and his longtime partner, Uli, breed and raise golden retrievers in Colorado. And my brother has just launched his new company. I can't believe this. This is news to me. It's happening. Wow. Right now, just this weekend, the company is called Poozet. Poozet. Now, we have been hearing about the idea for this for years. Years he's been pitching us on it. But my brother finally... This year, right around the holidays, took a sewing class. Yes, he wanted to sew the prototype for this bag that he is creating that you hang over your shoulder to collect your dog poo in. Now, (laughs) it also holds all kinds of other things in it that are very, it's called Puzette, the practical bag. Can you spell that for everyone? P-U-Z-E-T-T-E. Why? why, I want to go. P-O-O-Z-E-T-T-E. Maybe that's too on the nose. I'm going to ask him about that. Okay. Well, Puzette. It's very, you know, it sounds elegant. Yeah. Kind of like the wine. is wa- more elegant. It's like the wine, you know. It's poop, but it sounds fancy. It's correct. Um, <laughs> so it's like an over-the-shoulder bag, but it has like this little thing that um, stainless steel hole that where you pull the poop bags out of. 
And it has lots of room for toys and water and all the things that you need. It's my brother designed these bags like he created the prototype with his sewing machine and found a company to make them and um, I'm so proud of him and also they have nine dogs and they show them and they breed them and so they're going to be sporting Puzettes have a big following on Instagram. everywhere yeah mosaic.goldens has a giant following and Puzette bags is growing its following so go ahead and, and is there a website them. where you can purchase this yes we'll put, this, we'll put this in the show notes www.puzette.com let's go check out our show notes for information on Puzette. all i have to say is that we were trying to get away from poop being in the podcast <laughs> i know this I is the it third in. week in a row I just slipped it in we slipped it in but this is dog poop very, very different and we're cleaning it up all right, that's it for episode 111 of The Long Finish. Episode 111 is in the books. Listeners, friends, we're all friends out here. Please pray for us as we go on this uh, flight across country with our three kids. We'll keep you posted on how that goes. We'll be back with more episodes in August, so stay tuned for that. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker, and you can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. I say this every week, almost. didn't say it last week. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, it means a lot to us. It's August. Everyone's sort of in transition. The chance to just take two seconds out of your day to post wherever you get your podcast that you love the show, you want more people to find it. That would mean a lot to us, so please do that. We'll be back soon with an all-new episode. Get some rosé in there soon as well. Until then, be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.